life can get really busy. But we are reminded that when we walk with a kingdom pace, we not only have time to grow more ourselves, but to also grow closer to our creator. Kingdom Pace is a podcast about the ways we can make sure we are not running ahead, but rather staying right where we are supposed to be in life. Hey, this is Jessica. I am here with Mark and James. Um, and today, as we continue talking about Kingdom Pace, um, we want to focus on the first one, but first of all, kind of give an overview of what the seven um, kind of principles are as we look at what Kingdom Pace is. So as I said, today, we are going to focus on the first one, which is posture. But we also have priority, prayer, power, purpose, petitions, and praise. So as we go through um, the next few episodes and kind of break these down, we'll go more into detail of what all of those are and how they all align and play together. Mark, I'm going to have you start and just have you kind of define what posture means. Oh boy, I don't know if I was ready for that question. (laughs) (laughs) Posture, yes. So when I think of posture and I read in scripture and look at people throughout scripture, especially Jesus, I think of posture. I'm not talking about how you sit in a chair, but what's your heart before God look like? Like the three big things I feel like, the three big sins that I feel like we struggle with is lust, pride, and fear. And so what's our what's our heart's posture before God and Jesus even Jesus being God didn't see it as a thing to boast over but he counted others as better than himself because he was humble so his heart's heart posture was always one of humility so when I think of posture why it's the first thing for us to think about or I think that we should examine our heart is how are we approaching God we approaching God with a lustful heart a prideful heart or a fearful heart. That is good. I know when we've talked about this before, whenever I think of posture, and especially in this sense of how we're posturing um, before God, the thought that just always comes to my, comes to my mind is emptying myself. Mm. That if I'm going to come before him, that my posture needs to be one where I am able to kind of void myself of my my own thoughts, my own desires, my own to-do list even, um, and to be able to come to him completely empty so that he has the space to completely fill me. And I found like even in my my morning journaling and my, my morning quiet time, like that truly is what I say. I say, okay, guy, like I know in my head and in my schedule, I have things I need to get done today and things I need to work through. But I want to just get rid of all of that so that way I can just be responsive to what he calls me to do. You know, when I think about posture, I'm a visual person. So I imagine, uh, again, like Mark said, it's not about the physical posture, so to speak, but it's I'm trying to imagine what am I trying to accomplish? Like that posture of humility, that posture of obedience, that posture of recognizing my space, my place, who's first, whose I am, Mm -hmm. like all of those things. I'm trying to visualize times when I do that well versus times when I do that poorly. And, um, right now this week for me guys is, uh, it's, it's, um, it's a stressful week. I have evening things almost every night. I have a couple of meetings that honestly, I'm not looking forward to my posture right now is very much focused on, let me say it this way. It's easy to focus on those things and it's easy to forget that God's put me here Mm -hmm. at this time for this purpose 
And with him, that gives me strength. By myself, my posture is weak. It is me focused. It's me centered. And that means it's not others centered. It's not God centered for sure. Mm -hmm. And, And that is a posture where if I'm picturing it, I'm picturing a dog that's trembling, right? We can all imagine seeing a dog that's trembling, and I feel like that can be me right. versus um, wagging my tail because the master walked into the room, and I'm ready to jump all over him, right? You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, that's, that's kind of what I'm picturing visually with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really good. And I, I think that, you know, what you describe is, is pretty typical life. And I think, for me, that's why posture is so important. Um, and I think, you know, why, why it's the first one is because – to me, anytime you're even aware of that, that's a really great first step. And so um, I think even that awareness of I feel like, you know, my kingdom pace is not online right now or I feel like I, I am weak in these areas. And being able to just say that opens us up to to who's going to fill us. And I like how you say, like, you know, knowing whose we are, I think is a really, really big thing. And I just go back and forth um, with this as well. I just think a lot of it is about being self-centered versus being God-centered. Yeah. And for me, it's it's the same types of things where I can, um, you know, get in a situation where I'm like, well, sounds like a good day to throw a pity party for myself. And then when I think about like, well, who is that focusing on? It's focusing on me and that's not everywhere I want to have my focus on. Um, it's kind of that checks and balances almost in that way. I feel like that just hit home hard, you know? That's yeah. the way it is. And I think it's a daily practice. I mean, I, I'm like, I would say even more than daily practice. Cause like I said, I think that there's, there's times when, um, I feel like in the morning, just because it's when I, I try to be more mindful and kind of get my day started right. That I, I feel like, you know, I start my morning off really well. And then by noon, I'm like, all right, need to recenter again and refocus. And then by the time I get home and, you know, you get home to a whole other world there and like, okay, I need to refocus again and, and really kind of keeping that in the forefront. But, um, I just know, like I said, for me, for making it a really a daily practice of just knowing like, how do I, how do I empty myself? How do I truly focus on what's most important? Um, I think has, has really been a, a life changer. Where the term kingdom pace came from really was through the process of being handled a journal. We may have talked about that in the last podcast, but a friend of mine challenging me, to give my first hour of every day to God. And what would that look like? And my first response was, I didn't even know how time, I didn't even know if I had time for my family, much less how am I going to cram an hour in? And God brought me to a place of realizing that the reason why I felt these things was because I didn't make time for him, right? Like it all starts and ends with him. And Three weeks prior to that, I was praying in a church, and I had read through Matthew 11, um, 28 through 30, where Jesus talks about coming to him and finding rest. And I love in that verse because he says, let me teach you. And I asked him that day to teach me, and I had no idea that he would lead me to a journal. And I'm like, what has that got to do with rest? Last week after this podcast, God led me to the Greek word for rest, and it means anaposis. Listen what it means means cessation, refreshment, rest. And it says to make, to cease. Christ's rest is not a rest from work, but in work. Not the rest of inactivity, but of the harmonies working of all the faculties and affections of the will, the heart, the imagination, conscience, 
because each has found in God the ideal spear, its satisfaction and development. It's not resting from work, it's resting in your work. Hmm. And that's what, that's what this whole thing is about, is God called us to work. I not just that. a profession. We have work to do. And we were designed to work. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the, the problem is, is when we feel that anxiety that all this stuff is lay, lays ahead of us, just because that to me is the Holy Spirit prompting us, you're trying to do this without me. Mm-hmm. And the daily reminder that I can do nothing without Jesus Christ. Zero, nada, right? That means right. nothing. That means zero. Yet somehow we're like sheep, right? <laughs> and sheep aren't the smartest animals, right? right? And we try to do it without him. And I love that anaposis, poses, um, uh, to make or cease. Like, I'm resting in my work, mm-hmm. not from my work, right? Yeah. And the work that we rest in is the work that Christ has already done. Mm-hmm. That keeps you on pace with God. Yeah. I like that a lot. I mean, to me, that just made me think of, you know, to, to live as Christ, to die is gain. Mm. And that how often, I just think, I just think in our world today, um, you know, it's, it's the hustle is what people really talk about. And actually, I, I came to this conclusion a little over a year ago. I was like, I hate the hustle because I feel like that is just like what so much is, is pounded into us. And um, I don't know if it's quite the same. I'm sure it is for, for men, but I know for women, for sure, like there's this really big push, like you need to take care of your house and your family and have a side job and like all these different things like that is, that's when you have succeeded. And I've realized that that is just exhausting <laughs> is, is really all it is because you don't find joy in any of it because you're all running to the wrong things. And so I think, you know, when we are able to find who you're really running to, and making sure that your life is completely aligned with him, that's where you do find rest, where you, you're still doing all the same types of things, but all of a sudden your, your destination looks a whole lot better. Yeah, culturally, you're right. We're, we live in a society at a time when we're taught to hustle. Mm-hmm. We're taught to grind. Uh, the only way to get ahead is to work harder, to be right. better, to try harder, all these things. And, and yet... You, you are so right just in the, in the, it's like we, we need to slow down. We go at God's pace, you know, doors open, mm-hmm. doors shut. Right. It's clearer about what we're trying to do. And, and that made me kind of come back to what Mark said though, because I want to ask a question because I believe that there might be people listening to this that would disagree with something that you said a few minutes ago. And that was that without Jesus, you cannot do anything. Not a zero zilch. There were your words, right? Explain that because there are people that might be listening to this podcast going, I don't buy that. I, I can accomplish a whole bunch of stuff. I, you know, Jesus, I don't think that he cares what I do so much. Could you explain that a little bit? Because I think that's really essential to the posture. And I think that that could be directed to a seeker who wants to know Jesus or, or maybe doesn't yet know, doesn't even know that. You know, the, the, the benefit of it, it could be for people that um, strain a little bit, too. Yeah, you know, what? <clears throat> as you're speaking, I'm thinking that um, to some it's going to be foolish. Like, it, it sounds foolish to follow Jesus. The scripture talks about it, that the natural man or woman cannot receive the things of God because it's foolishness to them. And 
I'm not sure I can, I'm not sure I have enough time in the day or we have enough time here to try to argue someone in the fact that without Jesus, you can do nothing because if God's spirit's not in them, um, it's going to be foolish to them anyhow. But I will say is this, if, if you are walking this life without God, are you truly joyous? Are you truly happy? Do you really have enough or do you just need to get more and more and more? And when is, when is, when is, when do you ever get to the, to the place that you really feel like you have enough? Like, check your heart. Um, James mentioned about our society, and I think culture wants us to hurry, and sure. uh, culture wants to distract us. It's kind of like standing in a car, car lot. They just don't want us to think about what we're about to do. They just want to buy the car. And you don't, you don't think about the buyer's remorse, right? But without Jesus, you will have remorse without him in your life. And so I appreciate the question, but I really don't think that, I don't think I'm wise enough to convince someone to follow Jesus if they don't have the spirit of God in them, if that makes sense. And you and I, I mean, we, we've all sat in sermons. We've all <clears throat> been counseled by incredibly brilliant people on this, that that's, that's not our call anyway, is to argue them into that or to convince them it's to it's to live a life that models it and part of living that life is that posture right and they see it people judge us all the time we judge other people that's a human trait and um i I mean i kind of think about it in very tangible terms again as a business coach i see a lot of things so it's kind of rare when you see a person who walks by a trash can sees a, a paper towel on the floor picks it up and throws it away that's a posture Right. That's a posture of responsibility, yeah. of humility. But we could also then wonder, like, man, what is in he or she that caused them to do that? Right. Man, that's I was kind of impressed because maybe that was the owner of a company. Maybe they had the fancy car and the reserved parking spot outside. I don't know. Maybe they're the janitor and it's their job. I don't know. But even to that point, whose job is it? Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, again, I'll come back to saying Colossians 3.23, work for man. I'm sorry, work for God, right? Not for men. Like mm-hmm. everything that you do is, is in a, in a, of service mm-hmm. to the creator of the universe. So when I walk past that and I see an opportunity to pick something up, yeah, I don't own this. That's not mine. It's not my job. But if I do that, and I, again, this isn't about trying to impress somebody like who's watching me right now, right? If I'm looking around to pick up that paper, that's not a posture of humility. That's mm-hmm. a posture of arrogance, right? you know, and me. And, and so I, any, any one of us can relate to that story because we either done it or we've seen it done before, but it does leave an impression. And I think that that is something that comes back to like, okay, Mark, why'd you pick that up? You know, like somebody else's job, they get paid to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because it's the right thing to do. Like that opens up a whole, a whole new avenue when you're starting to talk about like posture, and and your place in the world kind of thing. And I think that just paints a really good picture too, just our our day to day activities and and what we do. And um, you know, because I'll totally admit, I know people that I I don't believe they know Jesus and have him as their Lord and Savior and they're kicking butt in this world, you know, like they're, they're doing really great. And so, and I've, I've actually had people before that have kind of asked me about that and just wondered, well, like, how does that all, all play into it? 
And I think that ultimately it comes down to who are you serving? And I think that at the end of the day, at the end of our lives, we all have to answer for ourselves. And so I think that when it comes down to posture, um, that's exactly right. Like who, who am I posturing my life to? Is it to, to success as far as what the world determines success? Because for some people that's it and that's good enough. And that might be just where it all ends. Um, but for me, I know that when I look at what success is like to me, it's, it's just having that intimate relationship with Christ because I've experienced that. And I think that unless you have experienced that to be able to completely understand that, um, it's really hard to articulate. And so to me, that's where faith comes in. And that's, that's kind of how it all, all connects right there. Cause yeah, you, you can live in this world and you can do really good things. And, um, I always say that there are some people that are not Christians that are nicer than some Christians that I know. And you know, like that's, that's the reality of it. But at the same time, it's our heart that that's what, that's what God knows. That's what he's going to check at the end of the day. Over this last week, um, we are, we're following these seven principles, like through journaling and, um, I really feel like the Lord prompted on my heart the other day to start writing some prompting questions for it. And so this is what I wrote for posture. I'll share that today. Jessica hasn't saw this yet, so she's doing this with me. So I'll be sending these out and going to get feedback from her. But this is what I wrote. What is your posture before Jesus on this day? Are the things that you need him to empty you of or free you from? Are you fearful, prideful, or lustful in your soul? Pause and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you into the truth to reveal the posture of your heart and soul before God. Share the overflow of your heart with Jesus as the Holy Spirit guides you. And we have some, some scriptures to help people wrestle through. And again, the point is with this, with the, with the posture is I love what, I love what Jessica said, empty me like what did we allow to fill in our hearts yesterday that we carried into today that God, right, that's not good for us? And what are the things that we, he filled us with that are good? And let God, like, siphon it out, right? And um, what if we started our day thinking that, you know, looking at God and going, you know, what am I fearful of, prideful of, or what's lustful in my soul? Those are the three things that always cause us to fall always it's like the three pieces of bait that hook us every time you know as I was listening to kind of read about that and just thinking about this day I'll just be really honest that my my journaling this morning um was really like asking God like I need you to step in and it's Monday like it's Monday morning and I'm already like God (laughs) like I'm like oh dear what's this what's this whole week gonna bring but um and I know I mean I work with students and um, I have a really not fun week. I have a week tomorrow and a funeral for one of our students and um, that really stinks. And, you know, I kind of came into the week thinking, oh my goodness, I have this going on. My kids have like extra games that they're trying to pack in this week. It's just like everything all over the place, you know, just for this week. And I was just talking to one of my, um, one of the leaders that I, I work with this morning and we're just talking about like kind of our, our plan of how we're going to, you know, cover things and make sure that everyone is taken care of and things like that. And, um, he shared with me that he had one of the students that passed away, one of his friends, his moms came out to him yesterday and she shared that he, he wants to be baptized. Hmm. 
and just being in that moment of knowing once again just of where I was at and trying to figure out all the things and you know my own emotions and things like that and then to see like God is already doing something awesome and for me to be able to you know like be able to like really like pour my heart out to God this morning and be like I'm gonna need your help here this week like help me somehow to to make it you know and get through and do all the things and then to be able to reflect and, and see like gosh, I don't have to figure out the things. It's not up to me to figure it out. I just get to to be along for whatever God is going to do and, and be a witness to that. And so for me, it was a, like really, again, like I said, emptying myself and then really turning to praise, which we'll get to later, but um, really being able to, to see how God works in every single moment. And so for me, when I can ask myself that question, like am I allowing myself to be quiet enough where I can get out of my own head so I'm able to see God working? Because otherwise I think we can miss it and he's working all the time every single day around us. It's an incredible story because in the midst of tragedy, there's a rebirth happening. Yeah. And how, I mean, how difficult is it to process both of those? That's, that's an incredible posture to have at the, at the moment when there's loss occurring, there's life occurring. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just, I always come back to thinking, or re, re, I always come back to being reminded of this is that God wastes nothing. And, and in every situation, there is something that can come from this that we can look at and go, I see you. I see what you're doing. Right. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you guys, uh, I'll just, I'll go ahead and put my two cents in about this week being busy too. And, here, here's the thing that's, that's stirring in my heart is that um, I've heard this quoted so many times that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. And that's just not biblically accurate. Um, Agreed. It's not. It's, it's, here's the thing. We, we get more than we can handle because that's when we need him. Yes. And that's where he shows himself strong. And um, honestly, like it, we have the opportunity this week, the three of us, to live at a kingdom pace because there's nothing wrong with being busy. But there is something wrong with being hurried because hurriedness doesn't allow God to speak to us. Hurriedness does not allow God to calm us. And what happens is when we hurry, we start doing it in our strength and inevitably we will mess something up. We will. Yeah. The good thing is, is, is I, don't y'all love this that Jesus says that focus on today because tomorrow has enough trials of its own. And that's what the kingdom pace is. It's a day by day getting your daily bread right with jesus for that day because the truth is we don't know if we'll be here tomorrow so why worry about it and if we weren't here tomorrow you know where we'd be with him (laughs) (laughs) you know a couple thoughts on on the word hurriedness and it was our friend derek that said hurriedness is the sin of busyness and i've Mm. latched onto that that is such a powerful statement and it is so true and, and we're walking a tightrope. We're walking a very slippery slope when we're in this busy mode right now. And we're all three facing it. Um, and I'm, I'm going to venture to guess that the majority of people listening to this right now come, yeah, I get that. I know mm-hmm. what that's like. And, and when you think about the, the pace of being hurried, that's when mistakes happen. That's when we, again, Mark, you were hitting it. It's like, 
we, we try to do it on our own. We're trying to drive something forward faster, harder. And, and the mistakes aren't just in like the quality of work, but it's in the quality of relationships. It's in the quality of, of what, how, how we're treating others. You know, I talk a lot about this, a hurried pace. If you think about this in a, in a business world, right? Again, this is where my life exists. You can spot a busy person because they're walking from one place to another, multitasking, right? That's the, I don't even know if that word is popular anymore, but here's the thing. Looking at their phone, trying to respond to an email or a question, or maybe they're talking on their phone because that's their only moment between, you know, 8 a.m. and 2 o'clock today that they have to return that call. Mm-hmm. It's between here and here. All the while, while somebody else is trying to approach them that needs their immediate attention, but they're kind of giving off that vibe of like, don't bother me right now. I'm too busy. Like it's a self-important, self-indulgent kind of thing. It isn't God-centered. It is so me-centered and it's so deceptively easy to fall into that trap. Yeah. And you notice their posture. Darn right you do. <laughs> they're looking down. Their eyes aren't up. They're not listening. You can always tell when someone, when you're not important with someone because of their posture. And, and you're talking the physical, like yeah. the nonverbal posture, yeah. all those things. But it's also even like in tones of voice. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so true. Yeah, and the idea isn't to the idea isn't to like bash someone. The idea to me is to look inside me, mm-hmm. right? This is this is this. If if there's a selfish part, it's God examine my heart, right? Psalm 19 says keep me from the sin that lurks inside of me stuff. I don't even know. Right. Mm. That in enough in itself should posture you before God in humility. Right. Because sin is crouching inside of us that lurks that we don't even know is in us. And without Jesus's intervention on a daily, daily, on a daily basis, anything can snuff us out mm-hmm. and, and make no mistake about it as a believer, what the enemy, why the enemy wants us to fall is so then God gets mocked. Because they say there's just another hypocrite. Right. There's just another one that professes Jesus but lives like hell. Mm-hmm. So why would I follow that God? Mm-hmm. Right. I think greatest form of atheism is, is Christians that uh, they profess Christ but they deny him by their lifestyle. Hmm. Hmm. So that in itself is an argument of why someone shouldn't believe in Jesus. I came to Christ at age 33. I'm 49 right now, so I'm 16 years into this. Here's what I'll tell you. What you just said was so powerful to me as a young person. Um, Being around people that said the right words, but then their behaviors didn't line up at all. Or maybe their behaviors lined up when people were watching or when they knew people were watching, but when they thought people maybe weren't noticing their behaviors were not the same. I could go through stories after stories of that. And I go, that's false. I don't need that. I don't care about that. And I believe that that is one of the biggest, as you say, uh, barriers. I mean, it was, it was huge for me. And it wasn't until I was finally surrounded by some people that allowed me to ask that question or those series of questions essentially attacking them Mm -hmm. and I did it I did it respectfully but I did it very boldly I called it out Mm -hmm. and um, they responded in such a way that they took a posture with me 
that I go, whoa, that's a Jesus posture. Wow. Now I see it. Now, like, and I'm getting chills telling you that because what that changed for me was everything. Yeah. Because I said, that's a God I could follow. That's not this. And it wasn't to condemn anybody else. It wasn't, it wasn't about that. It was like, no, they're just not spiritually mature enough yet. Or maybe they don't really know Jesus yet. Now, when I can see that, I have so much more patience for that person. Um, I also have a lot more courage and boldness to call it out because I would expect anybody to call that out on me. They may not be willing to, but I sure would hope so. I'm looking at both of you right now to say, like, um, you know, last week I saw this. (laughs) That would be totally good with me Mm -hmm. because I know that my identity now is not in my last name, my, my bank account, not my job, not my status, not my whatever. It's I'm a child of God and a person of worth. That phrase right there, that was a posture I had to take in a very, very troubling time in my life when I walked away from a career that everybody else goes, wow, you've got it made. This is amazing. But every time that I drove into that parking lot, I was essentially in tears. My stomach was in knots and I knew something wasn't right. And the Mm -hmm. only thing that allowed me to turn the car into that driveway, I will tell, man, telling you this is so powerful, was taking that posture of I'm a child of God and a person of worth. And the only way that I got through some of those days was screaming that out loud in the car. It's a great topic for another day. (laughs) We don't need to go there. But um, that's posture that I saw in somebody else that got me to a place to overcome. Yeah, I think that's so great. I just thank you for sharing that. And um, in the drive over here, I was listening to another podcast, Um, but it was just really, it was going and connecting the temple of, you know, King Solomon's time um, to the temples that we have today. And the thing that just really stuck out to me was that it was just talking about how, um, you know, we don't, we don't look at the temple in the same light because it's not as, you know, majestic and beautiful, but it's like, but it's mobile. And when you think of it, it's like, yeah, like all of us that have Christ within us, like we are all a temple. And and I just, I really like how they say, like, you know, the temple has feet. And, you know, like being able to not only be able to live your life as posture for yourself and to draw closer, but, yeah, like to be able to use that to grow God's kingdom. Like that is something that, um, I'll be honest, like I didn't really think about with all of this because for me, like my posture has been about like myself and how do I draw closer, but then think about like how then that is going to reach out to other people and impact other people. That's that's how God works. That's what's really cool. Yeah, for sure. You know, a, a, an amazing display of posture in, in creation that, that gives a good visual. You know, if you if you look at wheat and tear when they tears when they grow together, in their uh, if you grew them side by side, you planted them side by side, and they were growing. Um, the majority of the time, you wouldn't know the difference between either one of them. But how you know when wheat is fully mature? is it bows over, but a tear will stand straight up. Huh. Wheat bows. And hmm. what, a, what a powerful example of the more we know about God and our position with God and our posture before God, the more it makes us want to bow at him. We have that Isaiah moment, like I am unclean, right? Get away from me. And so we bow. And isn't that like God to take what he describes between believers and unbelievers and speak even through that and say, you know what kind of posture you need to have before me? Bow. Mm. 
I like that. It's powerful. That is very powerful. He's always speaking through everything, right? And when people say he's quiet, I'm like, he's really pretty loud. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lions are loud. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Lions are loud. Everybody knows who the lion is in creation, mm-hmm. right? It's do you hear him roar? Boom. <laughs> Mark left us speechless. He did. You know, one thing that, that I'll share, um, just that I'm my reading this morning, and then we've kind of touched on some of this already, but it's just a verse that really stuck out to me. And as I, I knew that we would have this today and talking about posture, um, I just thought it kind of wraps all of this up. We're talking about, about the Pharisees and... Um, Traditionally, the Pharisees are not really shown a great light in the Bible because they're they're full of head knowledge, but not the heart knowledge. Right. Um, but I love the verse, uh, John twelve forty three. It says, "For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God." And for me, this morning, like reading that, like when when I read that, I was like, "Ooh, like." That's that's a heart check for me, like all the time, because I want to make sure I don't fall in that category where sometimes someday they'll be like, well, yeah, Jessica loves the glory more from man than she does from God, you know. And so, I think to when you talk about the how, um, I think it's kind of that that heart check for each person. Um, at least before, like not to not to shame anyone or make anyone feel bad, but I would say if you're feeling something, that's probably conviction, and that's probably God talking to you. So, um, just really kind of doing your own self inventory and just thinking about why am I doing these things and who am I trying to impress here? And um, if it's not for the glory of God, then then you might not be on pace. Hmm. Pape just mic drop. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> wish y'all could see James's look on his face. <laughs> nah, it's fun, right? I'm smiling. I got um, the wheels and the, the gears and the brain are like going at such a high speed there. No, it's, it's, um, I, I appreciate those two perspectives so much. Um, you know, you guys, as we're, we're heading into this week, like, this is just a reminder for all three of us or anyone out there listening, you, you're, you're heading into a week that seems, Maybe chaotic is an accurate word. You got a lot to do. Schedules are full. The pull of the world is over 30,000 messages aimed at you in addition to your calendar. And, you know, this is what's overflowing in my heart is that God is sovereign. And when we understand that, our posture is that of wheat that bows. And we realize this whatever comes into our path this week. God allowed it, so rejoice. Take it step by step, day by day. And don't hurry. Accept it, what God gives us, because if God allowed it to happen to us, it was his will. And so regardless of whatever it is, rejoice. Amen. That is a great reminder. So our next episode, we're actually going to be talking about priority. Um, which, to be really honest, when we first went through these, I went back and forth. I'm like, well, does posture come first or does priority come first? Because I feel like priority is something that should take priority and come first. Um, so I'm excited just to kind of dive into that one and talk about how important, you know, knowing just what our, our posture is, how that does really line up our priorities for everything else that we do. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks, Jessica. Thank you. James. See you guys later. 
We are honored to be on this journey with you. And as we go through life at a kingdom pace, we want to encourage you to dig into the word and also check out kingdompace.com for notes and handouts.